Hey, when you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about those out-of-pocket costs. Now, that could be a lot of money, but are your medical bills accurate? Now, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills actually contain errors. Now, HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, or fraud. Now, you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Check them out online, healthlock.com. Go there today. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Hey, warmer days remind us of fond summer memories. Now, you can make those moments year-round with a Michael Phelps swim spa by our friends at Master Spas, and that combines the leisure of a hot tub with the exercise benefits of a pool. Now, Master Spas technology is incredible with LED lighting, beautiful waterfalls, and those super powerful water jets installed in just one day. You're going to love it. Proudly made in America. Use the promo code Hannity in the upper right-hand corner. That's masterspas.com for up to $1,000 off. You can exercise, relax, recover with the only hot tub and swim spa brand I trust, masterspas.com. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. All right, so I have insomnia, but I've never slept better. And what's changed? Just a pillow. It's had such a positive impact on my life. And, of course, I'm talking about my pillow. I fall asleep faster, I stay asleep longer, and now you can too. Just go to MyPillow.com or call 800-919-6090. Use the promo code Hannity, and Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has the special four-pack. Now, you get 40% off two MyPillow premiums and two go-anywhere pillows. Now, MyPillow is made here in the USA, has a 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com right now or call 800-919-6090, promo code Hannity, to get Mike Lindell's special four-pack offer. You get two MyPillow premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows for 40% off, and that means once those pillows arrive, you start getting the kind of peaceful and restful and comfortable and deep-healing and recuperative sleep that you've been craving and you certainly deserve. MyPillow.com, promo code Hannity. You will love this pillow. All right, glad you're with us. Write down our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. It is 800-941-SEAN if you want to join us. we got a lot coming up in the course of the program. Camille uh, Paglia is with us. I mean, she is one of the most dynamic and intellectually superior thinking liberals in the country. And But here's the thing. She's... She is so smart. Like, I have to read her columns twice because it just you really want to absorb what she's saying. She's written a great piece, and she's talking about Democrats in a nationwide orgy of rage and spite, and she's a 1,000% right. She'll join us later in the program today, and we'll get to her. Uh, My buddy Kevin Jackson is going to check in with us. Uh, I'm going to talk at length in a minute about what I believe is a soft coup now going on in America. This is that unhinged. It is that dangerous. America, as we know, it hangs in the balance based on the outcome, not hyperbole. I'm not reaching here. 
and I'm going to explain it in in just a few seconds. But um, and and the the attorney for the president now, Jay Sekulow, chief uh, counsel for the American Center for Law and Justice, will join us in a second. I, and here's what I mean. I want to go slow here, so I I get this right for you. There is a clear and present danger that the country is now facing. And I'm calling it a soft coup attempt in America right before your very eyes. You're living through history here. You know, look at, for example, you have the whole Russia collusion, Russia collusion, 11 months, Rachel Maddow, Lawrence O'Donnell, Russia collusion, CNN, ABC, NBC, CBS, all right, the Washington Post, the New York Times, day in, day out, all of a sudden, new breaking news, a leak. Of course, not attributed, of course, unnamed sources, and the leak comes out. All of a sudden, we got a new surge of impeachment madness and rage that we're on the precipice. We're going to get them. And all of a sudden, now Russia collusion is gone. It's finished. I mean, yesterday, we we had both Devin Nunez, the Republican, and, and Adam Schiff, the Democrats, saying, yeah, no evidence of Russian collusion. Just like Democratic Senator Mark Warner, just like Democratic Senator Dianne Feinstein, just like Democratic Senator Joe Manchin, uh, just like Democratic Congresswoman Maxine Waters and Peach 45 and, and her chance. And then, of course, you got Comey saying it three times, Clapper saying it multiple times, Brennan saying it, and Admiral Rogers saying it. And, and I mean, even the deep state people that have been responsible, in my view, for leaking the biggest threat we now have in a country, they're now saying no evidence of Russian collusion. Okay, so what do we have? And well, we can't get them here. And the latest information is Mueller has decided, okay, well, now we'll move on to is there obstruction? Now, here's how you have to get to the obstruction case that Mueller is talking about. You you got to start with Comey and Comey's admission that he probably violated 18 USC 641 and broke the law. And and again, the notes that he sent to himself, self notes in a in a government car and a government computer after meeting with Trump, which he never did with Obama because he's agenda driven. Um, he never should have leaked that to The New York Times, but he leaked it for what? The very special purpose of getting a special counsel. And so with the help of Rosenstein, the deputy attorney general, Rosenstein, then then we get Mueller, uh, Comey's BFF Mueller in as the special counsel, because that's what Comey set out to do in the beginning. And then even though Russia Trump collusion is now dead, it's done, it's over. There's nothing there. The media is still running with it. Even Rachel Maddow and Rolling Stone says, well, there's a good chance that that may not have been true. Sorry, just like the tax return. Sorry, nobody's held. Nobody's ever held accountable on the left. Anyway, so then you've got Mueller. Now, let's see what Mueller does. Mueller hires Hillary Clinton's attorney for the Clinton Foundation to prevent the public from getting freedom of information access requests. Oh, Mueller hires him for the special counsel. Then he hires 13 other shark lawyers, some that have dubious uh, backgrounds, including, you know, playing by rules that are not fair and threatening average people with jail if they don't or whatever. They're probably not at that point. Um, so the average person is not there dealing with a, a prosecutor that's scaring the, the living daylights out of them. And then you've got, OK, so now we've got all these Obama donors, Clinton donors. Then you've got Clinton's lawyer and they're all. You know, Rosenstein helps appoint Mueller and and at the 
at the request and the desire of James Comey and and Comey and Mueller are BFFs. Who's he going to believe? And then Comey and Mueller coordinate on all of the testimony of Comey. Did did that happen with with Jeff Sessions? I tend to doubt it. I mean, so now we're going to go from Russia collusion. Now we'll investigate obstruction. To believe obstruction, you have to believe Rosenstein, who said to fire Comey in a two-page, strongly worded memo. How did he get to fire him? Now investigate the firing of him that I recommended as possible obstruction when the president in an interview with Lester Holt even said, I expect if I fired Comey that the investigation is going to go longer. This is all madness. This is what I call mission investigative creep. They're going to find something. They've got to justify their existence. How do you have a fair investigation with all of these people that should have recused themselves in this process? How is that even possible? So the investigation goes from Russia, collusion, to obstruction. Now we'll look at uh, Jared Kushner's finances, and all of it will be leaked, anonymous sources, to the Washington Post. And what you've got here is you've got you, you've got this whole group of people that in, in and of their own are trying to destroy this president. You've got the deep state leaking. You've got the media lying and leaking and reported lies every day and conspiracy theories the same media that colluded with Hillary Clinton. Now you've got the mission creep with people that should have recused themselves. Then you've got the danger that, you know, the president can't get his agenda done because now what, is this going to take 80% of his time on top of that? What does that mean for dealing with Russia now in Syria and the threat of Russia now shooting down our airplanes after the president had to take out one of Syria's jets in the sky? And what does it mean for North Korea when you got a maniac that's threatening a nuclear holocaust in our time? And I'm not even talking about the Iranian ballistic missile threats that have been going on. And I'm not even talking about the American people, 50 million in poverty, 50 million food stamps, 95 million on the labor force, 51-year low home ownership, uh, repealing, replacing Obamacare, which is not completed yet, or getting a budget in place that will create jobs for the American people that have been left behind and the dream is dead for. Or let's not forget energy independence, a big part of the president's agenda. Okay, well, he's removed Obama-era regulations, but he's got a lot longer to go there as well. And we've had 11 months of lying on television, all of the news media colluding and lying every single night. They're not held accountable. We have a complete information meltdown and crisis in the country. And the left is so unhinged. Well, now we've gotten to the point where we've got ISIS poses by CNN hosts, you know, comedians of a severed head of the president, just like a great ISIS pose. And then we've got Shakespeare in the park with a picnic basket and our, our blankets and our caviar and champagne. And, oh, the low masses in red state America know nothing about the profundity, profundity of, of, of Shakespeare. They don't even know where he lived. They know nothing about the play, nothing whatsoever. And, of course, these ignoramuses on talk radio on the Fox News channel, they're out there every single day. They're whipping up hysteria amongst the American people, the shallow masses that don't appreciate the arts or the desire to, uh, 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 of understanding the autistic nature of killing a president lookalike every night. Now let's add to that something deeper. Now we've got a list of assassination names 
by a killer in Alexandria, Virginia. On top of the lies, on top of the deep state leaks, on top of the mission creep, on top of the collusion corruption that surrounds this entire investigation. And the left is so unhinged. You know what? When we now have assassination lists of Republicans and then you've got the Russia investigation, then you got Comey, Mueller and, and Rosenstein still there in spite of all of the conflicts of interest, all of the corruption we're talking about. Then you get a deep state. Why didn't they investigate whoever leaked? They, they had surveillance. OK, incidental. Who unmasked General Flynn? Who leaked raw intelligence that destroyed his career, name, and reputation? You're going after Flynn. Who violated the Espionage Act there? Then you have Loretta Lynch on the tarmac obstructing justice with Bill Clinton, telling Comey it's not an investigation, it's a matter. And then a report by Sarah Carter, John Solomon, saying, oh, she had already put the kibosh. The fix was in for Hillary. Okay, can we look into that? If we want, If we really care about Russia collusion, can we just start with... Uranium, one twenty percent of America's uranium handed over to Vladimir Putin because of a, a Hillary Clinton signature sign-off, and millions funneled back to the Clinton Foundation. Bill Clinton doubles his speaking fees. You got a deep state that is leaking. What's the deep state? The deep state is the intelligence community, the same people that leaked on Flynn, the same people leaking in the Washington Post, the New York Times, and every other news outlet. Because what? They think they're better, they're superior, they think they know who should be president over you, the American people? You know, why isn't the deep state being investigated? Why isn't Flynn's leaker being investigated? Why isn't Loretta Lynch being investigated for obstruction of justice? For crying out loud, why isn't Hillary Clinton in jail at this point? Oh, okay, you're not allowed to mishandle classified information, top secret information, special access program information. Well, she did all of that when she put her email server in the in the mom and pop shop bathroom closet. And then she destroyed special access program information, t- classified information, top secret information. Well, destruction of that information is a felony. Oh, and by the way, five separate felony uh, foreign intelligence agencies were able to get all of those emails and all of that top secret information because she made it vulnerable. And nobody seems to care about that. You know, when are we going to investigate the real crimes we know were committed here? You know, I'm not even mentioning the Washington Post, the New York Times. They get all their information from the deep state that the fourth branch of government that now thinks they know better than you, the American people, who should be the president of the United States. You're getting screwed. The voters for Trump are getting screwed. The president's getting screwed. There's a double standard in our justice system, a destroy Trump hysteria mindset in the media, among Congress, among the Democrats, among the deep state. This isn't about what you, the American people, voted for, what you want. This is about what they want. They think they're smarter, they're superior, their egos, their ambition. It's about their power. That's a soft coup that is aligning, these forces aligning to do everything to destroy the person that you wanted to put in the Oval Office. And that's a big middle finger to you, the American people. You know, that's a big middle finger from Mueller, Rosenstein, Comey, the deep state, the media, weak Republicans. They don't care about you. They think they know better than you. And that's where it's all headed if they have their way. Kennedy, you've now reached the point of no return. What part of what I've said here is not true? Is the media corrupt? We have an information crisis. Is there conflicts with Mueller, Comey, and Rosenstein? Did Loretta Lynch 
possibly obstruct justice? Did Hillary Clinton commit felonies? Did they report on any of this? Are they all conspiring to take down the president? Is there mission creep, investigative creep? Tell me what part of what I just told you is wrong. None of it. And you won't hear it anywhere else either. We've got the whole thing. And I expect to be arrested by the deep state probably in the next 12 to 14 hours. Kidding. I've already been audited now three times in three months by the deep state IRS. Interesting timing, right? Hey, with optimism, once again, on the rise in America, the working people of this country are more important than ever. Well, now they have a podcast that celebrates them and tells their stories on the job from hired to retired. Well, it's a new podcast from our friends at Express Employment Professionals that digs into the lives of men and women at work and explores their journeys as they fight to make the American dream a reality. On the job takes the listener through the ups and downs of making a living in America. Now check out the new podcast, On the Job, From Hired to Retired, on iHeartRadio, iTunes, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Or just go to expresspros.com slash podcast for more information. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. CNN's obstruction of justice poll has now backfired. Oh, dear. I feel so badly for the Clinton News Network. Anyway, their survey of the week backfired on the left-wing cable news network as participants overwhelmingly indicated that they did not believe that President Trump should be investigated for obstruction of justice. You think most people have figured out that this has gone from Trump-Russia collusion to now obstruction and investigating matters involving finances? Do you think so? Because I'm not so sure what people know or don't know anymore. Because if they're watching this crap on the major networks or CNN or MSNBC or they read the New York Times or Washington Post, the garbage that comes out of them every day, I I would think an impeachment is tomorrow, according to them. And if you read the deep state leaks, of course, unattributable sources, (laughs) always anonymous, you know, you would think so. Anyway, the overwhelming indicated they did not believe the president should be investigated for this nonsense. Oh, the non-scientific. Why did they put it online then if it's non-scientific? Well, the funny thing is, is that it was on CNN. So CNN puts this poll up, assuming that all of its viewers and listeners. Yeah, 69%. Right. Meanwhile, they tell them, we have no idea why you're focusing on this and why you talk about this every day. We think it's ridiculous. Yeah, the shocking. Well, I mean, listen, I mean, the MSNBC now has the hardcore. They like come up with a a breathless reporting conspiracy theory of the day or a deep state leak of the day. And with and then they create the This is it. This we got him. We do tomorrow night. Okay, that wasn't good, but tonight we got him. Yeah, right here in my, right here in my hands, I have his tax reform. Tax form. He paid forty million dollars in taxes, but that doesn't mean anything. He still stole, and that's what you're getting. And and the left is so dumb. They're Once buying Chris it. Matthews took our side, we were done. Yeah, I know. It's pretty funny. All right, quick break. We got the other news of the day. We got a great show. Camille Paglia, Camille Paglia is with us coming up in the program. Jay Seculo, the president's attorney, chief counsel, American Center for Law and Justice. Kevin Jackson stops by. And are we not learning the lessons on immigration from Europe? Douglas Murray, straight ahead. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. Toll free, our number is 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, we're getting mixed reports here. I'm... Uh, apparently reports were coming in that there was an explosion of some sorts uh, in Brussels uh, Central Station in Belgium. But we're now being told that it has been neutralized. The person 
wearing a an explosive belt at the train station apparently has been stopped, and there was apparently a small explosion prior to that. Do we know anything more about it? No, they just had someone there in a suicide vest, and they heard something, and they were able to stop it before it hurt anybody inside the station. The station was evacuated. All right, so as of now, it's apparently nobody's been injured. They were able to neutralize the person with the vest, and uh, so another scary moment, potential terror. We'll get into that later in the program with Douglas Murray, but does any of this... Surprise you, a suicide attack thwarted in Brussels, the central train station. Everything is now a target. Everything. But don't worry, don't deal with issues involving terrorism. And by the way, it's very racist, xenophobic, and Islamophobic if you talk about it. Here's some interesting news. The most corrupt attorney general in recent memory, Eric Holder, has announced that, that he is considering running for president in 2020. I take all of this seriously. Anyway, he was so corrupt, he was held in contempt of Congress for failing to turn over evidence on the Fast and Furious investigation. Which reminds me that the Democrats never withdraw from public life, no matter how scandal-scarred they happen to be. Here's another point. I don't care what the scandal is. Do you notice Democrats never get held responsible? The only people held responsible are us. We, the people, we're held responsible. You think you'd get away with what Hillary Clinton got away with? You think you'd get away with what Loretta Lynch got away with? You think you'd get away with what Eric Holder got away with? You think you'd get away with, you know, what the deep state, this this whole expansion of executive 12333 that Obama got away with? I don't think any of that would happen to you. By the way, a top ISIS spiritual leader was killed in the U.S. airstrike. That's some good news. European governments are unable to get ISIS and the threat there under control. Apparently, uh, America now made stunning progress in wiping out the terror group's top echelon of leaders. Now, Russia, days ago, they claimed to have killed the commander and founder of ISIS. Uh, And today, the U.S. announced that the spiritual leader of ISIS, who served as the right-hand man of the commander and founder, was killed in that U.S. airstrike, a U.S.-led coalition forces said they've been able to kill this guy, the ISIS chief cleric, um, last month. I'm sure the media will be praising Donald Trump some point next century. Here's a bit of good news, which we don't get a whole lot of these days because we're so focused on stopping this coordinated, unrelenting, vicious, vile hate fest, as Camille Paglia says, a nationwide orgy of rage and spite over Donald Trump, and she's hardly a conservative. But we do have some good economic news. Democrats and their media lapdogs obsess over everything, trying to create the image that Trump is done and we're just going to impeach him in seconds and it's not happening. Now you have mission creep, investigative creep, because they couldn't get him on collusion. When are these people in the media ever going to have to apologize for 11 months of lying, 11 months of conspiracies, 11 months of just black helicopter lies and tinfoil hat conspiracy theories? Oh, and what are they going to say? You know what? It turns out that guy Hannity over at that channel was right. All right, I'm going to hold my breath. I'll be dead in a second before they ever give us credit for being right and they're being wrong. They were wrong about Obama. They never admitted it. They never vetted Obama. Wrong about Hillary's chances to win. Let's see. They're wrong about Ferguson, Missouri. Wrong about Cambridge Police. Wrong about Duke Lacrosse. Wrong about Freddie Gray. Wrong about Trayvon Martin and George Zimmerman. Oh, let's see. All things we were right on in on this program. 
wrong about Richard Jewell early in my career. Anyway, economic optimism in the U.S., according to a CNBC survey, 800 Americans across the country, 30% of the public are optimistic about the the economy now and for the future. For the first time, the percentage has been that high in two consecutive quarters during the survey's 10-year history, whopping 54% of Americans who think their home prices will rise in the next year represents a record. 44% who believe their wages will go up in the next year is the second highest in a decade. Maybe they see the endless Obama-era regulations going away, and the president, if he can get his economic bill through, if Congress gets their ass in gear and shows up for work once in a while, maybe they can give up at least one of their recesses, maybe the 4th of July recess. If they can't give up that, maybe they can give up their August recess. Am I the only person that has to say time in and time out that... Maybe these people go on vacation too much. Jason is looking at me. Jason, don't you wish you had that vacation schedule? I know I wish I did, but you wouldn't get, right? You'd love it, right? Well, yeah, but I'd get bored very easily. No, they don't get bored. They're out, no, don't you understand? They're out doing the, the people's business on the golf course, like OJ looking for the real killers. They're, you know, they're out. Like OJ looking for the real killers, yeah, remember you OJ, say. Remember OJ was looking for the real killers out on a golf course. Well, he's still looking for the real killers. He's still killer. looking. You know, there's talk he might be getting out of prison soon. Actually, I think it's pretty much a done deal by the, by the latest I read on the issue. Lord help us. New York Times columnist says the lack of Russiagated evidence makes him uncomfortable. I, I mean, is, are these people serious? They have been lying for months and months and months about this story. Now it all of a sudden makes them uncomfortable? Anyway, after months of the New York Times, all their exclusives, anonymous sources, feeding the Democratic Party's Russiagate lying conspiracy theories, well, now I see on Sunday's Meet the Press, David Brooks, who is their resident rhino Republican, expressed concern that the Times and the Washington Post, quote, might be, quote, getting ahead of themselves when it comes to assuming that they will find evidence that President Trump colluded with Russia during the 2016 campaign. It's like Rachel Maddow in, well, what did they call her, the most trusted name in news? She actually calls herself a journalist. And I've got nothing against Maddow. I I really don't. I had no idea until Media Equalizer got on the scene what an unmitigated conspiracy theorist she is. Which is fine. I'm not I'm not like the left. We don't want to silence liberal voices. Let her say whatever she wants. But it is hilarious now to watch everybody slow. Brooks is now starting to feel a little uncomfortable about the lack of emerging evidence to prove such a claim. He says he's concerned that they might have gotten a little ahead of ourselves. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Al Franken warns Democrats to back off their impeachment. Yeah, he's been embarrassed, too. Let's see. Oh, Mueller, he recruited another Clinton donor. I forgot. Special Prosecutor Robert Mueller, you know, the BFF of James Comey. You know, now he moved on from Russia collusion and now he's investigating obstruction, you know, for the firing of Comey, which Comey pushed to get Mueller in there. The special counsel and Rosenstein, who recommended firing Comey, is now saying, yeah, we need an obstruction investigation as if these people don't have so many conflicts. They all need to walk away tomorrow. Anyway, he's now added another Hillary Clinton donor to the growing team of Trump-Russia investigators, except they're not investigating Trump and Russia anymore. Now they're investigating finances of Jared Kushner, 
Well, this has taken a, a deep, I guess, uh, detour, if you will. Anyway, Elizabeth Prologer is a is a lawyer in the office of the Solicitor General to work on the Russia probe, according to National Law Journal. Let's see, a former law cur- clerk for liberal justice of the Supreme Court, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, and Elena Kagan, another liberal, donated to Hillary and Barack Obama's presidential campaigns. Isn't that so nice? How do you have an investigation where you hire Hillary's attorney and then you hire Obama, Clinton, and donors one after another? Documents on Susan Rice's unmasking of Trump officials, apparently, according to Judicial Watch, have been moved to the Obama Library. Wow. There's a great place to hide it, bury it, burn it, and get rid of it. Now, if Robert Mueller really wants to investigate obstruction of justice, maybe he can start by demanding to know why records documenting Susan Rice's illegal unmasking of Trump officials has suddenly been moved from the White House custody to relocated to Obama Library, Inc., in Chicago. Can't wait to go. Anyway, what else we got? House Intelligence Committee chairman exonerates Trump and the Russia probe. Well, I was telling you that. Devin Nunez actually has been saying now that media pressure forced him to recuse himself from leading the investigation after he knew that there was nothing there. So he said, fine, I'll recuse myself. Anyway, PJ Media, in a speech at the Orange County Republican Party's annual Flag Day salute, Nunez said he looked into the possible connections between Trump and the Kremlin. He said, okay, there's no collusion here in what happened to me. All the major papers in the country did a total character assassination on me. Why? Because I was telling the truth. There was never any collusion between Trump and the Russians. Jeez. Can you imagine how dumb we look to to the world right now? Because they're so fixated on hating Trump. By the way, top Republican says the text of the health care bill were released on Thursday. Oh, they're working so diligently in Congress. Well, this particular case, Bob Corker, Tennessee senator. It's going to be released next Thursday. I can hardly wait. Holding my breath again. You got an illegal alien arrested in Connecticut with a Muslim teen's murder. Murder of a Muslim teen in Virginia over the weekend. Being cited as one of the most egregious cases of Islamophobia in recent history was apparently perpetrated by an illegal alien, according to the Daily Caller. A grief. How do we get through all this news every day? Trump administration is now considering a North Korea travel ban. You know who I know went to North Korea? Greta Van Susteren went there a couple of times for Fox. She swore to me that everything she did was being monitored. Everything. I'm like, could you take a shower? And she laughed. She goes, really? They apparently picked up that one of her producer's birthday was there, and they never mentioned it to them. And then the North Koreans had a birthday cake. That's creepy. That is so creepy. Well, welcome to um, the deep state, which is coming to America. If Sean Hannity's right on this soft coup issue, which I think I am, I got to tell you, I've never seen anything like this. I love what uh, Camille Paglia says when she goes on that the Democrats in a nationwide orgy of rage and spite. Yeah, we have ISIS posing now by liberals. We've got a play in which nightly a Trump lookalike is killed, but if you don't appreciate it, you're not an art lover, and you don't know anything about Shakespeare, and you don't know Romeo and Juliet. Does this make me a snob? Now, I did have to. I went to two seminaries. I did have to read Shakespeare 
Pilgrim's Progress. I, I appreciated some of these books actually when I got older, like Dante's Inferno. You know, I had four years in Rhode Island where I had nothing. I used to I, all I did for four years was read the Harvard classics and and novels. That's when I fell in love with Taylor Caldwell, one of the great novelists. And so I'd read all this stuff, and all of a sudden, when I was older, and I appreciated stuff like Dante's Inferno. But I'm not a big Shakespeare guy. But I used to have to read it, and we had to memorize it. Romeo, Romeo. You know what? The last thing I want to do on a weeknight or a weekend night is get my little blankie like Joe and Mika, and get champagne and caviar and and sit down and, and watch Julius Caesar perform an artistic expression with artistic license and understanding of the deeper meaning of Julius Caesar and how Etu Brute and the audience goes wild. And if you don't understand the true nature and the year in which it was written and the Shakespearean or divine comedy paradox of the whole thing, then you are one of the unwashed masses, and you just, <laughs> these people know nothing of Shakespeare. If they knew about Shakespeare, then they would have no problem with a Donald Trump look like being assassinated every night. Oh, oh, I can't believe we broadcast to such people. I can't believe they get to watch us every day. Am I right about this? I am so, you think the average guy that works for a living... You know, we could talk about Shakespeare on the show. And this is what's going to happen. Click, 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 click. Let's put on a little rock and roll. Let's listen to The Who. Let's put on a little country music and Kenny Chesney. Let's put on, you know, a little Florida Georgia line and, and put your party light on anything but that. God, these people have so snotty and arrogant and sanctimonious and pompous. And they got this, this air of superiority that just makes me nauseous. 800-941-SHAWN, toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, all right, we got a lot coming up in today. Camille Paglia, when uh, we get back, and she's, well, she's actually an hour from now in our news roundup information overload. When we come back, Jay Sekulow. By the way, this guy with the bomb that they were able to neutralize shouted, Allahu Akbar, shocking. Shocked. Well, terror in Europe. Not connected to migration at all. Not at all. A soft coup, an attempt to take out a president, a duly elected president of the United States. Who's involved? The lying news media, the corrupt news media, the conspiracy theory news media, the deep state leak, 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 anonymous sources news media, Democrats from day one unhinged. They can't believe they lost weak Republicans scared to death about their own power. You think I'm right? I do. We'll ask Jay Sekulow, Chief Counsel, American Center for Law and Justice. Later, Camille Paglia will join us. Well, she has a great piece about a nationwide orgy of rage and spite about Trump. That and so much more. And Kevin Jackson stops by. Go back to the collusion and the evidence. I know you can't talk about specific evidence, but but he says Dianne Feinstein has said there's no evidence of collusion. So collusion between whom? Can you tell us that? Well, you know, the allegation, of course, is that the Russians in the hacking and dumping of documents in the election had uh, essentially relationships with Trump campaign people uh, and coordinated those efforts. Now, the FBI opened an investigation into that issue in July, well before Congress did. Uh, I think they did that for good reason in July. 
I think they maintain that investigation. It's ongoing for good reason as well. Uh, but I'm not prepared to say that there's proof you could take to a jury. But I can say that there is enough that we ought to be investigating. All right, that's Martha, Martha Raddatz and Adam Schiff. I mean, oh, okay. So, yeah, there's uh, no evidence of collusion uh, between Trump and the Russian campaign. Let's see. Let's add him to Mark Warner. Let's add him to, let's see, Diane Feinstein. Let's add that to Maxine Waters. Let's add that to Joe Manchin and Jim Comey three times and James Clapper and Admiral Rogers and... and and Brennan, the former CIA director, and as a matter of fact, the only people that we can ever get to collusion between Russia and Trump is in the media and their nonstop pushing of conspiracy theories that are lies for 11 months, and it never stops. So then we have James Comey will leak to the New York Times so that he can get his BFF, Robert Mueller, to be the, the special counsel, and then even though Rosenstein recommends that they fire Comey, well, that's okay, then we'll have Rosenstein investigate because they can't find Russia Trump. Trump collusion. Well, now we'll move to obstruction. And after we move to obstruction, let's advance to looking into the finances of Jared Kushner. And in the process, let's leak all of this with anonymous sources to the Washington Post, because that's what the deep state does, because they think the American people are stupid and they made a bad decision, but they're going to get it right. The media establishment will get it right for you. The deep state will get it right for you. Weak Republicans will get it right for you. Uh, then the never Trumpers will get it right for you. As a matter of fact, everybody thinks they know better than the American people. And we'll have one phony investigation after another. And meanwhile, crimes that were actually committed, let's see, Loretta Lynch, Tarmac with Bill Clinton, that's called obstruction. Uh, uh, James, don't call it a, a an investigation. It's just a matter. Um, and by the way, oh, let's ignore that Sarah Carter, John Solomon, found out that Loretta Lynch had already had protected fully Hillary Clinton against, let's see, Mr. Handling of classified information, top secret information, special access program information. She destroyed documents. Oh, another felony. And then she put these all of this top secret information, special access program information in a mom and pop shop bathroom closet, which, again, would be a felony in and of itself. But we'll ignore Hillary. We'll ignore Loretta Lynch. We'll ignore the Espionage Act violated from Michael Flynn. And we'll just go after Trump. And then when we can't get him on one issue, we'll just move to three other issues. And that's pretty much the state of affairs now. Hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Jay Sekulow is the chief counsel for the American Center for Law and Justice and now a legal counsel to President Trump. Now, look, I know that that in many ways, you know, this this is not stuff you can talk about as the president's counsel. Right. But there's a big picture issue here you can talk about. Sure. What is the big picture that America needs to know about? Because from my perspective, Jay, there is an all-out assault on the duly elected president of the United States that is all, that is unprecedented. Well, I think you're absolutely correct. And if you look at, you know, you, you did a very good job of setting this up. And if I look at the, the kind of the macro on this, the you know, from 60,000 feet, so to speak, you see that this investigation or series of investigations has been going on for almost a year. And so far, everybody, including those on the left of center here, I mean, the Democrats, everybody that's come on said, we have no evidence. You just played Adam Schiff. We have no evidence showing collusion. There's no evidence of collusion. And, you know, collusion in and of itself, whatever that means, I'm, I'm not even sure. But for there to be a violation of the law, it's not just, you know, two people talking to each other. There has to be a violation of the law. So, you know, when they're using the phrase collusion, are they really trying to say conspiracy? And, and that's the differential, I think, that's at play here. So what the American people are hearing over and over and over again is all this noise, all of these investigations, you know, all of these statements coming out. But when you look at it and, and say, what is at play here? 
What is the issue? The issue is the constitutional authority of the president of the United States. I mean, that is what is at issue. Because anything that's been alleged so far against the president, the answer to that is that's within his constitutional authority to do. And by the way, I'm not the only one that's saying it. you got Alan Dershowitz, who is certainly not a conservative, but someone I, I uh, deeply respect and admire and have been at events with and worked with before. But this is serious. And that's what's really at play here. And what the American people need is a, a moment of, of, a, of a gut check here. Do we want our Constitution impacted this way? And that's really what's at play. And I, I think it's very, very serious. And again, if you look at the evidence that's been laid out, whatever this collusion means, and James Comey said there's no evidence of collusion. But to, James so, Clapper, so then no let me evidence. ask you this. Yeah. So yeah. then why is it reminds me a lot of Patrick Fitzgerald. And to the extent you can talk about it, I mean, he knew on day one that the leaker was Richard Armitage. Now, in my mind, thinking that was the purpose of his appointment, why didn't he close down shop? Why three years later? And, and the only thing we got out of it was a perjury trap, in my opinion, for Scooter Libby. Well, that's because it's never ever, you know, is it ever the crime that they're investigating, so to speak? Is it ever that or is it always something else afterwards? So, you know, when you're looking at the, the reality so to speak, of what's really at play here. I, I think what you have is, I mean, look at what the, the situation as it exists right now. You've got three, two sides of the House, the House and the Senate, investigating. At the same time, now you've got a special counsel. So you ask yourself, when all of this is put together, what's really at play here? And so far, with and, and this is not in the backdrop of nothing happening. I mean, it's not like there's been no investigation for 10 months. Now, the special counsel's been within the last you know month and a week, but this has been going on for a year. So this is a media filibuster. That's what's happening here. Can they keep the president off message on policy issues because of all of this that's going on? And I think that that, I mean, look, you got a lot of talk today about tax reform. I'm glad to see it. You've got, and you've been very strong on all of this. You've got a lot of talk today on let's get this health care bill through. You're saying, hey, stay in session in August, work like, by the way, everybody else does, to get this done. And I think if that pressure can be put on, in other words, you could break the media filibuster and get some policy issues here, I think that goes a long way in restoring norm normalcy. And by the way, I think the normalcy, we're already seeing it restored. Here's what I don't understand, Jay, and help me legally, and I'm not asking for you to yeah. divulge anything, but legally, um, isn't there a case to be investigated with Loretta Lynch on the tarmac and, and her conversation with Comey and the report by Sarah Carter and John Solomon? Isn't there an investigation? Shouldn't there be one into a violation of the Espionage Act that released uh, this this raw intelligence uh, against General Flynn? Isn't there really crimes that were committed by yeah. Hillary Clinton? I mean, and by the way, and there is a real Russia conspiracy, and that is the Uranium One deal, and there's more to that on top of that. Well, I mean, you, you raise the point, which is the inexplicable. And if you look at the reason why James Comey was fired, I didn't remember anybody on the left saying James Comey should be retained in office after he did the she's not guilty, she may be guilty, she's not guilty again two days before an election. Did you hear anybody saying, oh, this is great, James Comey, what a great job you did? No. And those on the right were saying the same thing. What is this guy doing as the FBI director circumventing the department? By the way, the fact that Loretta Lynch should have been disqualified, is that's an easy case. I mean, she's meeting with the husband of a material witness on a tarmac in, in Arizona. That, that, that's an easy case. But then let's say it would have gone to the deputy attorney general, right? That's what, why did James Comey think he could, he could out-jump and take over jurisdiction that was not his to, to make this pronouncement well, this where he became important. judge and jury? But this is the same guy that was voluntarily leaking government information to a friend of his to give it to the New York Times. So none of that does very well. See, I see crimes that, that potentially yes. he could be involved in, 18 oh, U.S.C. 641. And well, can you? 
Go can ahead. you imagine, Sean, if, 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 if somebody, any individual is being investigated by the FBI and the FBI agent retires or is fired and leaks the 302 form, the form of the conversation, the interview, interview of the witness to a reporter? By the way, it doesn't have to be classified to be a violation of government property being conveyed. Under, it doesn't. So this whole I, I mean, what James Tomey, Comey did is inexplicable, except you know that the motive was different. You know what the motive is, so that's so, why it's so, not inexplicable. So then but, you got to, I mean, as a yeah. lawyer, explain something to me. If there are real crimes in the Michael Clinton, Flynn case, if there is an unholy alliance in the case of Comey, Rosenstein, and Mueller, that, and then you got Mueller hiring, let's see, Hillary Clinton's old attorney and people that donated to Obama and Hillary— is that problematic? That's a conflict for me. Oh, I think it is. And I that, mean, yeah. it, there, there are a series of – look, the issue of conflicts within any of these offices will be evaluated uh, by our legal team. And this I'm putting my hat on here as, as a part of the president's legal team. That'll be, All those come up in due course. I mean, people need to understand that there's a process where you do that, and those will be – if we think there's areas that are inappropriate, we will respond to those. But I, I need to say this. You laid out the case on all these others, and why are the American people, and I don't think they are, why are they saying that would be okay? It would be okay if James Comey leaked information. Do, do people really think on the left that that's a good thing, that the FBI agent, I mean, took information, a memo that he created based on a conversation as the FBI director with the president of the United States, put it in his government vehicle, using his government computer, in his government desk, and then leaks it when he gets fired from his government job? Well, I mean, why is that okay? I, I, th- you're asking all the questions I'm asking, and there are real crimes committed that could be investigated. I think Hillary Clinton is getting away with literally what, a, a lot of felonies. I think Loretta Lynch is guilty of obstruction. I think there is um, collusion that has gone on in terms of the Uranium One deal. I think that, you know, the relationship with Comey and Mueller and Rosenstein should end in recusal, none of which has happened. And I just and I'm watching everything seems to be upside down, inside out. The people that should be investigated are not being investigated. The people that have done nothing wrong. Now we just have more investigative creep. And it seems to be designed to stop the president from doing what he was elected to do. And that is being accomplished by the deep state. That is being accomplished by the Democratic Party, by a media that colluded with Hillary. And I just I don't think I've ever seen anything like it in my life. Stay right there. Jay Sekulow yep. with us. 800-941. Sean is a number. All right, Jay Sekulow is with us, Chief Counsel, American uh, Center for Law and Justice, and now is working for President Trump. All right, where does this end if if all of these conflicts are ignored, if all of these instances of real crimes, Loretta Lynch, Hillary Clinton, are ignored, then where does this all end up? Well, for the good of the republic, it, it's got to end up within the framework of the Constitution, which means you've, ra- I mean, you've raised very significant and real issues. And that means that if you've got, I think the James Comey matter, for instance, has to be looked at, I would do it through a grand jury and panel a grand jury and say what, what went, went on here why did he think it was okay to give this information out why did he think it was okay to leak it to the new york times why did he that to a, a professor who leaked it to the new york times why did he think it was okay for him to do this with the intent of drawing a special counsel why is that okay and again special counsel has been established but the idea that this was drawn out this way uh, raises serious issues and then you go back to what we've been talking about for a year and a half it's it's not even fair to say it's a double standard it's like a quadruple standard here of what's going on but sean at the end of the day we have to remember what's at stake and that is 
the constitutional republic. It was Franklin that famously said when asked what the Constitution meant, he said, it's a republic, madam, if you can keep it. We are fighting that battle for the Constitution today. That's what this is all about. Explain to people, I go through this in great detail, what is your definition of the deep state and all of these intelligence leaks? And, you know, I'm now calling it a fourth branch of government. Is is that off or am I right? No, I mean, it's it's the the bureaucrats or the the unelected bureaucrats are the fourth branch of government. There's only one problem. In the Constitution, we have three branches. So this idea that, you know, we have this these unelected bureaucrats that are holdovers from who knows how, you know, we're saying the previous administration, Sean, some of these people are holdovers from 40 years ago. They're career bureaucrats. But you talked about the leaking just now. We all know that that executive order on the sharing of signal intelligence communications and intercepts was signed when the Obama administration had, what, 17 days to go? So it was fine not to have it for 18, you know, for eight years. But with 17 days to go, they changed the number of people that can get access to this communication that's not okay that's not right that's not the way it's supposed to be so the when we talk about a deep state it, it's nothing it's nothing nefarious other than the people that are doing it so it you know it sounds like uh you know but conspiracy doesn't it, theories, doesn't but no, it no, no, have no. to be no. yeah. if you're going to leak intelligence right. there are very look and i have great respect for the intelligence community but if you, you're talking you about because they keep us safe in the world of ISIS and evil in North Korea right. and China and Russia. You know, we have more threats than we've ever had. We need intelligence gathering. These are brave people that do a good, good job. But if the intelligence community is weaponized and there's a 350% increase in unmasking, as Sarah Carter and John Solomon were able to reveal, yep. in an election season, um, isn't that weaponizing the intelligence community? Sure. And doesn't it have to be people high up? I mean, the people I'd be looking at are Brennan and Clapper and Susan Rice and All- and Rhodes. Well, and Samantha Powers, what was she doing having the capability to do that? Unmasking, uh, she yeah. was She was an assistant to the president and then became a U.N. ambassador. Not that that's insignificant, but why would you have the... the <laughs> access to that kind of intelligence. I mean, let's let's think about that one for a moment. But when we talk about a a situation where you have inside the agencies these these bureaucrats that or even higher up, the senior people that are the leftovers from administrations and they are still influencing the dissemination of information, I think that that is what the focus needs to be right now. I mean, I I'm hopeful I don't know this. I'm hopeful that the Department of Justice is actually investigating this. I'm hopeful that the Department of Justice. Well, how come is, there's no? How come there's no leaking that Trump wasn't the target of an investigation? Well, and how come the, there's no leaking that they're actually looking at Loretta Lynch, Hillary Clinton, and the deep state leaking and yeah. the and the espionage va- well, act well, being violated? You know the answer to that because that doesn't suit the narrative. But I mean, you talk about the the leaking of the information that President Trump was not subject to anything to uh, an investigation. Well, James Comey wasn't going to do that because, as I said, he is a selective you know, selective disclosure disorder. He leaked when it was convenient to him. And that's not what an FBI director is supposed to do. And by the way, people that were with other administrations, including Democratic administrations, knew that what James Comey did was wrong, including people like Jamie Gorelick and others. They knew what this was, that this was wrong. That's why they raised their concerns on this, because the FBI director, as I said, became judge and jury and right. then superseded his jurisdiction and authority. And that is where a constitution is at risk when that happens. Very, very scary times. Yeah. Jay Seculo, thanks for being with us. You'll join us. T- are you on tonight? I'm not know. on tonight. I'll be no. on tomorrow night. All right. Jay Seculo, Chief Counsel, American Center for Law and Justice, Legal Counsel to the President. Thank you for taking the time when Thank we you, come Sean. back. All right. The Islamization of Europe. We'll get into that. Douglas Murray, Kevin Jackson joins us later. And Camille Paglia joins us as well. She has a brutal takedown of the Democrats and what she calls a nationwide orgy of rage and spite over Donald Trump. Straight ahead.
Continuing to build the foundation for conservative victory. Victory. Now, back to the Sean Hannity Show. Have you spoken to the uh, mayor of New York? Uh, our people, his office, uh, our people haven't spoken to the police here. Uh, the advice we've received is 29 people have been injured. Uh, there are my thoughts and prayers. Uh, the advice we've received from the police service here and from the mayor's office is to carry on business as usual. I'm not going to speculate as to uh, who was responsible. I'm not going to speculate as to how the, uh, the the police in New York should react. What I do know is part and parcel of uh, living in a uh, great global city is you've got to be prepared for these things. You've got to be vigilant. You've got to support the police doing an incredibly hard job. You've got to support the security services. And I think speculating when you don't know the facts is unwise. You are mayor of the capital city where the most recent terrorist attack has taken place. How many of those 400 have come back to London? Uh, the the e- estimate is just over half. So when you where look are at, they? When you look at, well, when you look at the... No, but seriously, How where are, are they? are we letting people back in to the UK who've le- who haven't just been trained? They've actually fought potentially against our troops. How are we letting them back in without knowing exactly where they are and what they're up to. Because out of all the thousands of people that we're concerned about, surely those who've actually gone to fight are the biggest risk. Well, that's one of the reasons why it doesn't make sense for the government to be cutting resources but from where those... where are they? You're well, the mayor of this hold, capital respect, city. Hold, where hold are they? I can't follow 400 people. What I can do is make sure why, why policies, can't? because we can, what we can do though is make sure we get the resources for the police and the experts well, to follow these people. Why can't you instruct the police? Why can't you call Cressida Dick right now well, and say why. every one of those people who's come why. back from a war zone, who's in London, I why. want them followed? Let me see why. Because the Met Police budget, roughly speaking, 15% to 20% is funded by me, the mayor. The rest comes from central government. If the Met Police budget is being shrunk and reduced, they've got to prioritise and use their resources in a sensible, savvy what way. What could be a bigger priority than people coming back from a Syrian battlefield with intent to harm British citizens? Oh, Why sure. is it not the number one priority? Why are these people just allowed to come back in in the first place and then the London Mayor doesn't appear to have a clue where any of them are? I mean, no disrespect to you, but where are they? Well, that's one of the questions that obviously... The police and security services are, yeah, but are looking the at mayor. you. But this, this, but this chap here... Yeah, Sadiq, you're the mayor of London. Sure, but can I say, look, the three men responsible for the attack on Saturday night hadn't come from overseas. They were, for all intents and purposes, integrated into our way of life. All right, we've been talking a lot, by the way, 24 now till the top of the hour, about the Islamization of Europe. i got to give a shout-out again to our friend Piers Morgan, and that was him uh, literally confronting the mayor of London about all of the people that leave London, leave England and go and fight with ISIS and then they come back and they have no idea where these people are. Just like the jihadi next door. I mean, how do you give a, a jihadi fighter that worship, worships ISIS and holds the ISIS flag and is down on his knees regurgitating again and again and again and again a Allahu Akbar? How do you give him a show and not arrest him or throw him the hell out of the country? I mean, it's, it's unimaginable to me. And then, of course, then there is the issue of what we can learn from our friends in Europe and not make the same mistakes here, but everything this president tries to do in terms of vetting people that come from countries that practice values like Sharia, where women are oppressed and gays and lesbians are killed and 
Christians and Jews are persecuted. If you even ask them a question, somehow you're being Islamophobic or racist or xenophobic, you know, or that Donald Trump wants to build a wall. Okay, we're going to build a wall so that we can know who's coming into our country or whether or not they share our values and whether or not they're going to respect our laws and sovereignty. It's that simple. You know, you see about the failure of multiculturalism, you know, for all the attempts to reach out and to the Muslim community and the Muslim immigrants in Europe, you know, you have 80 plus Sharia courts. It's not working out well. Seems like the only answer would be assimilation. Do people come because they share the values of people in Europe? Do they share the values of the country that they'd like to live in? Or are they coming to proselytize and create a theocracy that like which they just left? Doesn't make sense. Joining us now is Douglas Murray. He is the associate editor of The Spectator and writes a a variety of rights in a variety of other publications, the Sunday Times and the Wall Street Journal. He has a brand new book out, The Strange Death of Europe, Immigration, Identity, Islam. How are you? Very good to be with you. Well, anything I'm saying here that's wrong, how does how does Great Britain, one of the greatest countries in the world, how do they try accommodation and and really a sort of separation by allowing 80 plus Sharia courts in Great Britain? That makes no sense to me. No, it makes no sense to anyone, really. Um, This is what my new book is about, The Strange Death of Europe. It's about the way in which European elites, politicians, for decades opened the doors of Europe to the world, decided it could be the home for anyone in the world who wanted to be there, and that it was basically racist or wrong to try to make them adapt and integrate into our society. This has been a long time in the making, and we're now really starting to feel the consequences. Well, I mean, what can America learn from our friends in Europe? I think a lot. Yeah, a lot. I mean, the first thing is, uh, in terms of immigration, I mean, to keep it at a level which is manageable. Uh, You don't have to close all the borders entirely, but to keep it manageable. Uh, The second thing is the type of immigration you want. Not to, as Europe has done in recent years, as my book details, bring in millions of people who are low-skilled laborers in to a jobs market that doesn't need low-skilled labor and especially doesn't need low-skilled labor that doesn't speak your language. And then there's the third thing, which is you just make sure that the people who come know what is expected of them. That is something that we in Europe, far worse than you in America, have just been very unwilling to do, even to say the bare minimum. Well, I mean, to me, it's all simple, basic, and fundamental. Why is there this mysterious reluctance and resistance not to learn from the mistakes of Europe or Europe to fix the mistakes they themselves have made? That's a very good question. It goes to... I'm a a professional, you know, (laughs) Douglas. I'm a real pro. I've been at this 30 years, but, you know... It's a really... It's the absolute key question at the bottom of this, which is, why do we keep doing this to ourselves? And... You know, I think there are a set of reasons, and, and, and they, they're not just the practical things. They are, they are deep problems that we in our societies in Europe have, which I think you in America have bits of too. I mean, for instance, this idea that we are uniquely guilty as societies, that we have done bad things in our past, unlike the rest of the world, who've only ever behaved beautifully, of course, and that because of this, we don't really have the right to say what we expect of people who come in. This is a very strong thing in Europe, this deep guilt 
uh, that has washed across the continent, that has told us basically that it would be supremacist and wrong of us to even make the most basic demands of incomers. There's a whole set of things like that which are really underneath this. Why did Angela Merkel open the doors of Europe in 2015? Because she felt that Germany couldn't turn people away because of what Germany had done in its past. It's 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 like suicide, uh, 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 something you just wish to happen to yourself and your society. And I always say if, if politicians want to commit suicide, they're welcome to. But I did see no reason why they should drag our societies down with them. Well, I appreciate you being with us. The book is called The Strange Death of Europe, Immigration, Identity, Islam. We'll put it up on Hannity.com. Uh, thank you, Douglas, for being with us. We appreciate it. I hope we learn from uh, this big mistake. I really do. I hope so, too. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. All right. Let's go to uh, Kate is in Houston, Texas. KTRH. Kate, hi. How are you? Glad you called. Hey, Sean. So good to talk with you. Great to talk to you. How are you? I'm good. I'm I'm kind of heavy hearted. I got to tell you. But I have to put this down here first and foremost, because, brother, nobody can improve upon what you're doing. You are a beacon of truth. You are a light in this crazy darkness. And I know that sounds really cliche, but... I mean, with everything that we've experienced this past week and how the media continues and continues and continues to perpetuate this horrible narrative, which is really driving a violence culture. I mean, I know because you put out those awesome big reels of all of the absurdity, the things that they say, and we're just sitting there listening to it with gabber, I mean, just totally gobsmacked with all this. I love that, you know, the knobby one she used. That, so I'm taking that from her. But the gobby, did I you did, say the knobby one or the gobby one? <laughs> the, no, I said the knobby one, first of all. First of um, all, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. No, but I'm, I'm just saying that because, honestly, I think that we really, you take the chance to put it out there for us so that we know the truth. You give us the full story. You tell us the full clip. You don't give us slice and dice. What the media does is go out there and take what they want, and they make everybody hysterical. You have a pro-American agenda, just like Trump. They have a pro-hysteria agenda, and that hysteria has led to for people to do crazy, horrible things. They're responsible for those crazy, horrible things, and I'm with you on that. We can't blame those politicians, but I do think that there is, I mean, there's politics of personal responsibility, you know? When Trump has been given the chance, he has said, don't do crazy things. Don't do crazy things at my rallies. Don't do crazy things in my name. But when the left has been given the chance to back down, whether it's the media or the politicians themselves, to stop using this hysterical language, to at least give us some kind of um, opinion that is sane when it comes to people like Kathy Griffin and people who are putting out the Shakespeare in Park, not, not a small production, people. But they're not going out there, and they're not speaking against it. They're perpetuating this horrible violence culture narrative. And they don't want to see that. I I mean, and it's funny, because last night we had Laura Loom on the program, and she was peaceful. Now, she used her First Amendment rights. She she interrupted Shakespeare in the park. And you would think that, you know, Hannity supports violence was the way some in the media reported that. Number one, she wasn't violent. Number two, she she got arrested peacefully. She didn't resist arrest. She made her point. She spoke up. Stop speaking, you know, stop this madness assassination play against the president. And she paid a price that she knew she would pay. And somehow, if a liberal quote is part of the resistance, nobody ever in the Soros Clinton groups, they're not upset about Occupy Wall Street or any of the instances of violence that have occurred or Black Lives Matter. What do we want dead cops? When do we want them now? 
You know, it's only when a conservative speaks up, utters a single word or phrase, but boy, you get their attention. Look, I'm trying my hardest, Kate, and with your help, we're doing it. And that's probably why I think we're hated as much as we are at this particular point in time. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. More phone calls as we uh, continue here. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean, you want to be a part of the program at the top of the hour? Camille Paglia is with us. Kevin Jackson also in the next hour. And all right, as we continue, Sean Hannity show toll free telephone numbers eight hundred nine four one. Sean, you want to be a part of the program? Verlin is in Chicago at the answer. You know, by the way, I got to remind people that Verlin used to be a big lib. And and look what's happened. I hanitized you. You you become a uh, an entirely different person. That's that's over. My dream came true when Donald Trump, somebody that I was watching when I was 12 years old on Robert Leach's The Rich and Famous, became president. The first businessman, the first true businessman, to become president. Something that I've been wanting to happen since I was 12. But Sean, the reason why I called you today, uh, a lot of people out here must love you. Because I've been trying to call you for almost two months, and all I got is a busy signal. It's been you've had a jam-packed show, had a jam-packed show for for a long time now. But what I want to tell you is, and this is heart, this is going to be heartfelt, short and sweet, but heartfelt. I I, I love your show, I cherish your show. We need your show. Well, let the haters hate. They they're not going to be able to uh, get you down or put you down because you're too good, too good of a person, and everybody knows it, and everybody supports your show. I'm behind you 100%, and we, the people, are behind you 100%. And you're the best thing out there going today, man. Listen, I don't want to get a big head here. All I do is news and information that you can't get elsewhere. And it is because we are we're very different than the average show that you're getting information from, which I would argue is full of lies, propaganda, misinformation, conspiracy theories, and they just are so agenda-driven and so unhinged at this moment that I, they, they don't even want to hear another voice, which is why they employ the Alinsky tactics of trying to silence conservatives, attacking their advertisers. The only reason, Verlin, I'm still on the air is because of all of you out there. I don't say that lightly. I'm not pandering. I'm not sucking up. It's just a fact. And when so many of you came to my defense... Um, I got to be honest, it was not only humbling to me, but it, it reinvigorated me. It re-energized me. It, it g- gave me, you know, a purpose that I, I want to keep doing this job as long as you'll have me, because I think it's important right now. You know, Neil Bortz, a friend of mine, once said to me after 9-11, you know, this used to be just entertainment. Now it's real. You know, I never got to the point where it's just purely entertainment. Now, we inform, we entertain, give you news and information you can't get elsewhere. But there is there's such a void in, out there in the media. There is such lying going on at such a high level. There's such deep corruption, the deep state, the Democratic Party. There is such vitriol, hatred, now assassination attempts. This is not funny anymore. This is real. And the fact that they want your voice silent, Berlin, and, and you and I have had dis- disagreements over the years, or my voice silence, that's not funny either. That's not exactly American. You know, that is that is what they do. And, you know, thankfully, up to now, we've been able to stop them with your help. Thank you. Love you, Sean. All right, my friend. God bless you. Love you, too. 800 Sean. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. Uh, ganza. Camille Paglia and uh, Kevin Jackson and your calls coming up in the next half hour. Toll free 800 Sean, you want to join us. It's the Sean Hannity Show. Hannity tonight. What a program we've got. Three hours a day, every day. It's all we ask. 
It's a, it is a weird tension. I think we're at a dangerous time for the First Amendment and for the free press in this country. And at the same time, we're oddly influential with a guy who wants to kill us. You. You. Yes. I'm angry. Yes. I am outraged. Yes. I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. You know, I had a dream the other night about that I was playing golf with Donald Trump and I was standing beside him with a club in my hand and I was, you know, considering my options when I suddenly woke up. You know, it was one of those dreams where you want to just get back to sleep so you can finish it, you know? That was pretty good. I might have to put Mr. Burgess on Fox News. I'll put, uh, I'll put, I'll put Mr. Burgess up against uh, Sean Hannity. He'll tear him up. I need you to go out and talk to your friends and talk to your neighbors. I want you to talk to them whether they're independent or whether they are Republican. I want you to argue with them and get in their faces. The press always asks me, don't I wish I were debating him? No, I wish you were in high school. I could take him behind the gym. That's what I wish. What we've got to do is fight in Congress, fight in the courts, fight in the streets, fight online, fight at the ballot box. And now there's the momentum to be able to do this. This is a death panel bill because people will die. This is deadly. This is deadly. You can't stand it. I am the most horrible man I've ever seen. I, I Your president is a dishonorable, lying man. Ordinary people who simply saw what needed to be done and came together and supported those ideals who have made the difference. They've marched. They've bled. Yes, some of them have died. This is hard. Every good thing is. We have done this before. We can do this again. I don't respect this president. I don't trust this president. He's not working in the best interest of the American people. His motives and his actions are contemptible. And I will fight every day until he is impeached. Impeach 45. Impeach 45. As far as I'm concerned, the Tea Party can go straight to hell. In fact, the only thing your mouth is good for is being Vladimir Putin's holster. Oh, Ivanka's going to be our saving grace. You know, when he's about to nuke Finland or something, she's going to walk into the bedroom and, you know, yeah, daddy, daddy, don't do it, daddy. You know? Well, I'd like to punch him in the face. And I might just kill ISIS with the same ice pick that I murdered Donald Trump in the same night with. Which enemy are you most proud of? Probably the Republicans. <laughs> All right, News Roundup and Information Overload Hour here on the Sean Hannity Show. Toll free, our telephone number is 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of this program, now we live now in the age where we've evolved from Madonna and Ashley Judd and, and Crazy Uncle Joe Biden. I like to take him out behind the gym. Well, what if I said that about Crazy Uncle Joe? Or if I said, I'm going to send somebody out to tear Obama up the way he wanted to see me get torn up. Or you have, oh, let's club, uh, let's club uh, President Trump. Now we've got the age of, let's see, ISIS poses, Shakespeare in the park, where we will have a nightly assassination of Trump. And if you don't understand it, you don't know who Shakespeare is. Oh, please grab your blanket, your champagne and caviar. And please, oh, the uncouth bastards, they don't understand. A tubrute? Good God. Every night, assassination. Well, now we got assassination lists. And then we have targeted congressmen whose names are on the list. Camille Pallier is back with us. She wrote a new column, and she talks about a nationwide orgy of rage and spite. Uh, how are you? Hi, Sean. <laughs> are we going to go drinking one day? Because I heard you like went out with a reporter and drank with them for like eight hours, and you, wouldn't, and you told the best stories. Is that true? 
Oh, well, there were two meals in the middle of that, but I do love beer. <laughs> okay, I'll give you all the beer you want. Here's what I want to, last time we had you on, and it's funny because a really conservative friend of mine wrote me about you this weekend, and he said, did you ever hear of this woman? I'm like, yeah, I love her. She's a great writer, and she's smart, and she's a feminist, and she's outspoken and iconoclastic. I said all this stuff about you, and you got to read this. Last time you were on, that was pre-ISIS pose, pre-assassination attempts of Republicans, pre-Shakespeare in the park, and I just, and then I read your column, An Orgy of Rage and Spite, and I wanted to get your thoughts. Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a Democrat, and I, I voted for you know, Bernie Sanders in, um, the, you know, in the last election season. Yeah, by the way, you got, you got screwed. They stole it from you. <laughs> Well, uh, I'm committed to the, to the reform of my party, okay? and, I, and I am looking forward to voting Democratic again you know, in the next uh, presidential election, hopefully. But um, all this rage is completely misplaced. I mean, it seems to me that like, who, are, who my fellow Democrats should be mad at is the, you know, is the Democratic National Committee and Hillary Clinton, for heaven's sake. So they, that's who they should be mad at. Uh, there were, there were, we, we had plenty of potential nominees okay, who could have countered Trump, I believe, in the in the election, uh, uh, leading leading the pack is is Joe Biden, um, and nobody's asking any questions. You know why was it? Why was it that President Obama stepped on Biden? What was going on behind the scenes? Okay, that produced that scandal. Right, because Biden would have won, in my view. Well, I think maybe he would have done better, but I'm not so sure because Biden is just a walking soundbite of stupidity at times. I mean, he can't, you know, you, you can't be uh, go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. I mean, that's well, a lot of Biden dumb a, stuff. But Biden has a long uh, history, okay, of these gaffes and, and so on. But he has great rapport, okay, with ordinary people, all right? And he is a moderate. He's like, he's like people are familiar with him. There were so many doubts about uh, Trump because he was, a, he was an unknown, all right? And, so I, and, I, and I, so I do believe that given how close the election was, okay, that Biden would have pushed it over. So all this rage it, it, with this, this massive tantrum, all the Democrats are doing is demonstrating they should not lead. Okay, they're demonstrating we are the party you should not elect. Are they crazy? This behavior? Okay, I want the Democrats to win. I want them to have a winning strategy, and it doesn't it doesn't come from this kind of of this, all these you know this, this hatred. Okay, of the of half the nation that voted for Trump. Okay, to, to insult people. Trump wasn't elected because of racism. Okay, homophobia and so on. Trump was elected okay because because he defeated all those nudniks. Okay, in the GOP primary. Oh, we're grief. not nearly good enough. And if Trump manages no. to improve the economy and, and and produce more jobs, you know, in this in this country, he will be reelected. It's simple as that. What do you make of all of the violent rhetoric? I mean, for example, it's I have seen it's outrageous. OK, it shows that the Democrats are nothing now but words and fantasy and hallucination and Hollywood. OK, there's, there's no journalism left. What's happened? Okay, to the New York Times. What's happened to the major networks? Because an outrage. I am a professor of media studies in addition to professor of humanities, okay? And I think it's absolutely grotesque the way my party has destroyed journalism right now. It's going to take decades to recover from this atrocity that's going on where, where, the, where the news media have turned themselves over into the most ch- childish, fraternity kind of uh, you know, buffoonish uh, you know, uh, behavior. This is why I love your writing so much. You've got this flair that nobody else I know has. You know, um, one of the things that I've kind of pride myself a little bit on is being right a lot. 
and I'm not, this is not spoken out of egotism or arrogance. Um, because we waited way back early in my career, I waited on Richard Jewell. I ended up being right. I waited on Trayvon Martin. I was right. The media was wrong. Ferguson, Missouri, same thing. Uh, Baltimore, same thing. And Duke Lacrosse is another case. But I was also right about Obama's policies would not be good for America. I think the facts bear that out now. And I think I'm also was also right that Trump could win. And now we live in a world of conspiracy theory, black helicopter conspiracy theory TV. You, you say it's going to take decades to recover. I don't see how they can ever recover. Well, j- journalism has really collapsed partly because of the arrival of the web, which I adore. I love writing for the web. But uh, as the d- d- different uh, cities, you know, the, the regional newspapers have foundered and, and, and you know, and in, in some cases disappeared, uh, what we're getting now is this concentration of news reporting coming from the coasts, okay, which is really bad. Okay, so it's we're not getting the kind of voices of the heartland okay, that, we, that we used to. Not only that, but education has changed so that uh, young people are not getting any exposure to history. Okay, they know nothing about world history. They know nothing about world geography. Okay, um, they they don't know. They, they they're taught to have positive, you know, attitudes and to be humane and compassionate and so on. But they're not taught the basic framework of world history. This is why you get all this crap about how America is uh, the worst place on earth. When <laughs> it's like the, the freest country in the history of the world. And, they're, and, and they're, you know, young people today have had absolutely no exposure to the famines and the war and the disasters okay, of, of history. They, they, need to be, they need to be exposed uh, to, um, you know, to the past. And they have no sense of the past, whatever. Everything's the present. You know, it's so interesting you say that because one of the things I fear is that we're living in a bubble in terms of people's lack of education, um, lack of even simple, basic, fundamental curiosity. And, you know, when I wrote a book years ago, called Deliver Us From Evil, I, I really just laid out the past hun- the, the previous hundred years of human history. You got over a hundred million dead people slaughtered oh, in the name of yeah. government. Okay. Mm-hmm. It seems to me that there is an, an ostrich in the sand type of quality to the world today where there are people that don't think this can happen again in the age of ISIS, radical Islam, mullahs in Iran, North Korea. And I'm like, you people better wake up. This is We have the potential for a human catastrophe like we've never seen before and don't think it can happen, it will. Well, it, uh, all it will take is someone to l- figure out how to sabotage the power grid in the United States. Bingo. And, and everything will collapse. Then we're going re- to return to savagery and barbarians in the street and famine. Okay, again. All right, and so all these, all these people who can just, they, they just like, they assume they can just switch on a light and turn on a faucet and everything works. They have no sense of how it works. Business, okay, and the material frame of culture, okay, and capitalism, okay, which, which emancipated the modern woman, right? And so there's, there's all this, this rhetoric. Now, you see, my, I'm, I've been saying for 25 years right, that people need religion. Now, I'm an atheist, okay, but I, I, I predicted 25 years ago, okay, that secular humanism was on the skids. And that's what's wow. happened because secular humanism has no spirituality. I want to go. It. I want to take your class. Um, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Uh, Camille Paglia is with us, and uh, even though it's spelled P A G, it's Paglia. Did I say it right? I think I did. Um, Paglia. All right. Well, I get it. I got to get something right in my life for once. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean is our toll free telephone number. We'll have more with Camille on the other side of this break. All right, as we continue, Camille Paglia is with us, author of the book, by the way, Free Women, 
free men, sex, gender, feminism. And we're talking about our latest column, which is about the Democrats' nationwide orgy of rage and spite. You know, I've had to deal with something that really my entire career, but it's just come to the forefront, I think, because people see that that the message that I have, and it's not anything I'm doing, I would argue, but some of the things I believe in a lot of people agree with. And now they want to silence conservative voices. And you see the attacks by these Clinton-funded Soros groups, and, and people paid Camille to monitor every minute of every day of every conservative host on radio and TV. That's liberal fascism to me. You're an outspoken liberal. What do you think of this effort? Well, uh, the point is there's a, a real tunnel vision here because in point of fact, the rise of talk radio, uh, starting with Rush Limbaugh in the early 1990s, was entirely due okay, to the monopoly that liberal voices had on the networks and the major you know, big city newspapers. Okay, they, you know, the, the, the rise of talk radio is absolutely crucial to produce some sort of ideological balance okay, in the country. Um, and, uh, you know, all, yes, all this outside funding and this manipulation and so on, these shadowy forces, you know, behind the scene, the, the Clintons specialized in that, okay, which is another reason my party should be outraged at the Clintons, okay, and, and everything Clinton-esque okay, should, be, should be banished, okay, because of this exact kind of, um, you know, these, these paranoid conspiracies, the um, you know, Brock, okay, and all those, like, Machiavellian types that Hillary loves to collect around her. This nation uh, really dodged a bullet, okay, as far as I'm concerned, in uh, keeping the Clintons and the Clinton establishment out of the White House. Well, I agree with that. And, you know, I actually think that this is now with all of the investigation, investigative creep, uh, you've got all the media with their just lying on a, on a nightly basis. And you put in the deep state leaking day in and day out because they don't like the choice of the American people. I think this is now a real clear present danger. And there's a chance that they may be successful in undermining this president. And if that happens, do you think I'm overreaching to say that I think America, as we know it, is done? Well, what I, what I was predicting for, for months is that uh, if Trump was elected, which he was, um, that you, what we would have is a, is a smashing of the establishment in three big areas. The, you know, the, 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 the establishment of the Republican Party would be smashed, that of the Democratic Party, and that of the major media. So that's what's going on here. It's like a gigantic battle, like in a Japanese horror movie, like the Godzilla era, and so on. Um, is the, is the, this, this writhing, desperate writhing okay, of the broken and smashed establishments. Okay, now, whether Trump can emerge you know, from all this wreckage okay, with, a, with a new vision of things, we're, we're, we're still you know, waiting to see what's going to happen. But um, you know, my feeling is that if he, if he stays um, on course to try to reform economic matters in this, in this country, especially that, those, um, right? That, that he's going to succeed. You know, look, you know, people don't understand me, and I kept saying every, every day before the election, this is about people in poverty, on food stamps, out of the labor force, 51-year low in terms of home purchasing. I'm like, Mike, when do people give a rip about the heart and soul of this country? Yeah, listen, what, what, and what exactly did Obama do for the condition okay, of African Americans in the inner city? It's worse. Nothing. It's That's worse. Why I didn't vote for him the second time. I voted for Jill Stein this is the second election. Now, you know, you and I have to have a debate over global warming one day. But over global beer. Global warming? I, what do you, what, what, a debate? What, I, 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 I think this whole climate change thing is a complete, you know, fraud. What? What? You know, I, I love. All right, where, uh, where, where do you teach again? Because I want to go watch. <laughs> I want to sit in on one of your classes. Are you as are you as manic in class as you are on the radio? Because I'd well, love I'm, that. I'm a t- I'm, people have called me the academic Joan Rivers. You know, I mean, I, I, I adore. <laughs> That's really fun. I like to 
there too. Yeah. She was. By the way, if she and I got along great. We were friends. Oh yeah. All right. God bless you, Camille Pal. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Sean. Appreciate it. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean, toll free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program? When we come back, my buddy Kevin Jackson is going to stop by. Uh, the Black Sphere and much more as we continue. Afternoon. When you get off work, be sure to check in first for everything you missed during the day. This is the Sean Hannity Show. You, like you, Nazi. I'm not a Nazi. You, Nazi. I'm a journalist. You, you're not a journalist. Yes, I'm. You, you're not a journalist. How do you know which side I'm on? You, you're not a journalist if you're acting like this. Acting like you. You. I just want the truth. You. I'm not a journalist if I want the truth. You. I'm just here documenting you. sides. Why are you so angry at me? Why are you so angry at me? You. Are you so angry? Fascist journalists are the worst. You. Who's a fascist? I'm you not. Are How am I a fascist? You. How am I a fascist? I, I filmed your side first and then I filmed them. Freedom. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to pause. We're going to pause security. This is violence. Security, please. Wait, we lie. Disrobe the images if you can find them there. Liberal, will be proud. Liberal, will be proud. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll pause here briefly. Wow. All right, that was in Tennessee. Really? Is that now the opposition in America? And, uh, of course, Laura Loomer. Oh, did you see, by the way, Linda, that they tried to attack Laura Loomer's being, oh, Hannity's supporting violence. Okay, she walked on the stage. She attacked nobody. She just said her piece, willingly got arrested and walked off the stage. She's there, a hero. First of all, there was a man stabbed last night nine times because he was a Trump supporter. There was a guy hit in the head by a rock. There was a woman egged to death at a Trump rally. This is ridiculous. The only people being attacked are Trump supporters. Yeah, they did a, a special about it. I forget how many. I think there were like 19 attacks in December post-Trump's election. And I asked the left, who do you who do you have? How many times have Trump supporters attacked a Hillary or a Bernie crowd? By the way, Laura Loomer is a hero. She's done exactly what the left does to us. And she stood out. She stopped that production. She, you know what I mean? That, that's the type of thing, the type of activism we need, especially, I think it was here in New York, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was she, a shape. Wait a minute. You, wait, if you listen to the Never Trumpers, the problem is, Kevin, <laughs> is that you probably don't even know what century Shakespeare was written and Julius Caesar was written <laughs> and A2 Brute and, and probably know nothing about where Romeo, 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 where for art thou Romeo? Yeah. And, and, and the hammer. You're right. And, and I don't want to. I'm a black dude that cares nothing about Shakespeare. If it oh, doesn't have man. Ebonics in it, I'm no. A, uh, I'm, a, I'm a white dude that cares nothing about Shakespeare. No, I, does, does the average person out of work, this is that snob, arrogant, smartass, call the president a schmuck, liberal Joe Scarborough, and is, oh, they don't even know anything about Shakespeare. Oh, if they knew the conclusion of the story, they wouldn't be so upset. Yeah, and these are the very people that go to Hamilton and watch that, you know, bastardization right. of, of the one of the founding fathers and 
you know, so celebrate the idea that they stand up and call out Pence and make their political statement, which, by the way, uh, I haven't seen it. I had a chance to see it when I was up at the Gold Gloves and I declined because I said it's just a joke. It's a joke to get white people to feel guilty about something else. Look, we're in a t- you said it earlier and, and I don't know exactly uh, when I heard you say it, but. You talked about we're in a time right now where conservatives got to fight. And I don't mean I'm not talking about just metaphorically. You may very well have to fight for your life. Uh, People are getting beat up wearing a Trump gear. The Trump truck got shot up in Indianapolis. Two black guys drove by and shot at these guys for what? For for us winning? I mean, these are babies, toddlers that can't deal with the idea that the world has shifted, the, the, the foundation has shifted from underneath them, and it's it's long overdue. And and the sad part about it is when you look at Trump's record of achievement, I mean, foreign policy, he's a rock star. The guy's weaving foreign and domestic policy like Charlotte's Web. I mean, it's just amazing to watch this the genius work. And, I, and here's the thing. And, and you remember, Sean, I was on the show and I, I, I talked, I forget who it was, but I was talking to somebody and I wasn't a, a Trump fan. I wasn't an anti-Trumper, but I just wanted everybody to give the guy a fair shake. Well, he's gotten a fair shake and he is truly rock star status. I, I don't think we've seen one a president able to accomplish more in such a short period of time than him. You know, what, what frustrates me, I think, more than anything else is the, the fact that so many people just don't want to understand him. Yeah. You know, you've got the media that's just out to kill him and destroy him. And then you've got, you know, all of this vitriol and hatred. We just talked to Camille Paglia, and she's talking about a nationwide orgy of rage and spite against the president. I think she's right. And then you've got conspiracy theory lies for months and months. Yeah, but the good news is, and, and I think you probably realize this, and I'm sure you've talked about it, this is them throwing everything at him. Look, what are we not talking about? When's the last time you heard Russian? I haven't heard Russian in a week. Now it's conspiracy. So uh, he's obstructionist. Well, he's obstructing what? To get to the truth? The fact that he had nothing to do with the Russians? And we've got all these things pointing at the left. So when you look at the, and I'm talking about at street level, I'm talking to, you know, I grew, I, I live in the hood. Uh, in in, in uh, St. Louis. And I'm telling you, when you talk to regular people, the noise that the left is pushing down is not reaching these guys. They actually see Trump is not a bad guy. And I think it's going to end up backfiring him, backfiring on them. Uh, he's giving them enough rope and they are absolutely hanging themselves. Well, I, I'm just hoping that the people in poverty on food stamps, on the unemployment line, out of the labor force, that can't buy a house whose dreams have been blown in, into smithereens, that maybe we'll start caring about them rather than the deep state, the Democratic Party, the media, weak Republicans, never Trumpers, just obsessed with taking this man out and preventing him from doing the job that the American people elected him to do. Imagine, Sean, if Trump were left alone. Just imagine for a second if they were to stop the conspiracies, uh, look at unemployment. I mean, these are people looking for jobs and he's still dropping the unemployment rate. Uh, I, I predict our we're going to get our credit rating back in America pretty soon. We didn't punch through the uh, $20 trillion uh, mark because we, Trump's actually reduced the deficit by $200 billion. Uh, look at him calling out the companies that he's going to bring jobs with. This isn't some fake unemployment numbers. Look at what the stock market is doing in, reta- you know, in, in response to Donald Trump. Look at the deals that he just made, one with Qatar for $12 billion, one with Saudi Arabia for $350 billion over 10 years. Uh, what's happening at the grassroots level, at the level of the human uh, being that wants a job, that wants to get out there and be part of the American dream, is they're seeing this guy do exactly what he said, and they're watching the left be called out as liars every single day. And, it's, and in my opinion, I say let it play out. And where does it end then? 
Does it end with the American people benefiting? Does it end with, you know, uh, America seeing a president thrown out of office, that an election being upended because of radical leftism and the the forces of the media and the deep state and the Democrats and weak Republicans conspiring to just undermine an election? Where, is it, where it ends is what matters. Well, I think what matters, you just had Al Franken come out and say, we better not impeach Donald Trump. I didn't read the whole story, but that was the tagline. I think that because of the think about it, Sean, who's exposed the deep state better than Donald Trump? This guy tweets out Hillary's a crook and we call her crooked Hillary. We find out through WikiLeaks or the Russians or whomever that she's exactly as he described. He calls out the media. He says they're fake news. What does Comey say? You know what? You can't believe the media. Even they're, they're turning on themselves. Maxine Waters was calling for impeachment. Suddenly she backed off a little bit. Now, she may be back at it, but I, I said, and I think I even sent Linda a note on this. I said, tell Sean, I think Maxine Waters' constituents are mad at her for going after Trump. Why would you go after a guy two years ago? You didn't even know. You, you had no vitriol at all towards him. And suddenly when he decides to put that R behind his name, now he's a pariah. Now he's a womanizer, a misogynist, uh, you know, and, and an Islamophobe, et cetera. So I think that when it plays out to your to answer your question, Donald Trump comes out looking like here. I actually said that he, it, uh, we, we did a meme that said, show the left on the beach and Trump's backing him up and there's nobody behind him because the Republicans certainly are behind him. And watch these left as being pushed back into the ocean, because I think that's what's going to happen. And a little note, if I can drop in here, forgive me for a moment. Al Franken, he did say he didn't want Trump impeached, but that's because he said he thought Mike Pence would be worse. <laughs> But still, that's pushback. I just love when you just jump in on the show and make it you your show. You want me to be aware and on point. I'm involved. Because okay? all, day, all day yesterday, whenever no, I... No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, First yeah. of all, First I of am all, always nothing. here. I am always on point. First of all, you can't hear hey, a New York accent, way, she, can you? You can't hear it. She wants me to go on TV and for you and us to move around doing some martial arts. That's what she told me. She wants me to go on TV with you. I, I do uh, want that. I, you know, yesterday was pain day in my training. <laughs> Nobody believes Today this. could be pain night. Sean can barely move. I can barely move today. So my, well, you know what pain day is. Oh, I know. You know, and I literally hold out my arms and he beats the crap out of them to build up calcification and strength and, and pain make tolerance. Make your bones stronger. And make your bones stronger. And also then I have to sit there and I hold it out and basically, please, sir, I want some more. <laughs> As he punches me in the stomach, and this guy is so, he's got so much mass to his punch. It's, it, it just, the fifth one always drops me because he does it on purpose. I mean, he could drop me on the first one. And but he I doesn't. want that. But look I want to you, see man. you guys do that on TV together. You want me to pull up my shirt and show the black and blues on my stomach and my arms? I'm going to hit him two times before I go just to see if he can really We're all masochists it. at heart. I <laughs> say go for it. Well, it also was real day where he puts me in real life situations. You know, when I don't, when I least expect it, comes up behind me, puts me in a deep, deep chokehold. He almost puts you out. He almost put me out yesterday. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I was within a set. And then I finally, I just, I just unloaded because that's all. And he goes, that's what I wanted. Exactly. So real day is basically like being against the Antifa movement. That's the same thing, right? <laughs> you know what? Though? We're, we are going to have to By develop. The way, if I just took your little hand, your precious little New Yorker hand, yes. this New Yorker Tell tough, me. tough girl who gets yes. annoyed at people walking in the streets I with ride cell the phones. subway every day. I'm allowed to be annoyed. Okay. You can be annoyed. If I took your little precious hand, you, oh, stop. First of all. First of all, what? How many fist fights have I been in in my life? Do you even know? <laughs> 
I'm going to say one. No, no many, no, many, many, no, many. Quite a few. Okay. And you think you can roll with us? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I didn't say I wanted to roll. <laughs> I'm not into rolling or whatever this real day is. I don't like to get beat up you for fun. You don't want to do this. All I can tell you. Listen, I'm, I'm I, proud of you, man. You look well, good. I know. I, I'm strong. How much bigger have I gotten since you see me? You, stronger. Man, I'm telling you, you look good. Nah, but I admire you. You and I share this passion. We got to go to uh, the MMA at the Garden. You want to come? Yeah, yeah, I do. I want to go. And if I told It'd be you, fun. That I saw the guys uh, when I was coming up. Uh, I think they were doing Bellator. They're doing Bellator yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, seriously, I, I'd love when to go. Is the, when is the uh, when are the fights at the Garden? It took us. 50 are you years looking to at me it. like I should know this? When is it? Do you know? I don't know when the next one is because I. Well, they, they were advertising it the other night on TV. Oh, really? That's well, why I know it's coming. Well, I'm the, now. The, now that we're on record. Yeah, no, I'm, no. We're all, <laughs> and by the way, I'm only buying. Dana White's gonna love me because I'm only buying good seats. Although I don't think I'll even be able to get them. I'll have to go to StubHub like I usually do. I'm there, man. I, no, I love I love the sport, but I've been doing it since I was eight years old. All right. So, you, what did you first train in? Taekwondo. Okay. And then where'd you move? Every, to? Everybody should do Taekwondo. I agree. Because, yeah, because it teaches you just real discipline, how to throw the punches and kicks. Yep. Uh, agility. So I, it, agility. Yeah. Right. I, and and I think a lot of discipline. I learned under some very strict Koreans. Yeah. Uh, then. I went to uh, Aikido. Mm-hmm. I've never done Aikido. Yeah, it's an interesting art because it's you know very circular and swordsman art, and you get very good fluidity. And of course, Steven Seagal has made it very popular. Steven Seagal, I'm, I've actually he, he respects the arts, which I love about him. Um, but I also do blade, firearm, stick training. Yeah. That's part of what we do. But it's also... Uh, I have an update. Bellator it's also, is Saturday at 6 p.m. at the Madison this Square This Saturday? Garden. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. I don't know if I can get tickets. I gotta, <laughs> we'll work on it. Go to StubHub. See what's available. Uh, so, but I do Krav. It's really a, an eclectic blend of street sure arts. It is. It's Krav, it, which is deadly. It is. And then you got Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. And, and then Kempo. And then it's basically. So those are the two that I do. And then I to, I tried to get you to yeah. go to that Croft thing that I wanted us to get that certification. Yeah, remember? I wanted to do that. Yeah. And that's, you, you talked about. Four. I don't think, I just got a brown belt, but I don't think I'm prepared you're to not, for, the, for not, the people you yeah. roll with. Well, I really am not. It's five, five days, eight hours of fighting. Jeez, five, I had to do four hours to get my brown belt. Four <laughs> I hours. I thought you were telling me that. I kind of chuckled and said, way to go, Sean. Now I'm the wise ass <laughs> in the group. So I'm like. Can we? I'm like after an hour. I said, are we, "Is it done yet? Did I get it?" And you know, hey, look, nobody else, you. nobody else messes around. I kind of get a little pass because I'm a wise ass radio TV host, and then they're all looking at me like, "You better shut up. You're going to be laid hey, out on the, on the mat." I've seen guys crawl yeah. out of those. Yeah, so have I. Yeah. And by the way, there's a rule when we grapple and spar is that you can't hit the face. Yeah. Well, you too pretty to hit, man. No, no, no. It's only my face. (laughs) And you know what it's like when you're hanging out with strong guys, and most of them are actually more advanced than me. So they they take it a little bit easy on me because they can kill me. And but you know what it's like when they're like looking at you, like really, I can't hit him in the face, but he can hit me in the face. And then when I hit him in the face, they get pissed. I don't see that. When I trained, I was telling Sean was telling me that he hit a guy and uh. But that was an accident. It was I know it was an accident, and you made him bleed. And I did that one time with a guy's name is Barry Byers, a good friend of mine, North Texas heavyweight champion in kickboxing at the time. And he and I apologize because I knocked the living daylights You're out. You're not of him. supposed to. Yeah, and he's yeah outweighs me fifty pounds. Yeah, and he looked at me and said, "Don't ever apologize to me again for doing your job." I, I know. I, I apologize too. I'm going to be honest, but I'll be honest. At first, the guy looks at me really. Oh, so he gave you the look. And he gave me the look, and then he goes, "All right, good shot." And then he, and then he, and then he, he no, mine was instant. Then he, then he bowed. Yeah, and he goes, what? That's, "That's what you're supposed to." He do. goes, "Good job, warrior." That's what he said. All right. 
Kevin, we love you, man. God bless Same you. Here, Sean. And, Thanks uh, for having good me to on. see you. Do you, you are you selling any books or anything? What are you doing? I don't even know. The, uh, we'll put it up on my website. Race yeah. pimping the there you mul- go. multi-trillion dollar business of liberalism. Yeah, great. Let me. Here's the great news. He's going to get me in trouble just with the title of his book. <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. All right, Hannity tonight, a soft coup happening in America right before your eyes. We'll lay it out. Monica Crowley will respond. Also, the great one, Mark Levin, has uncovered a document which reveals a sitting president cannot be indicted for obstruction. He will join us tonight. We'll have the latest on the deep state and unmasking requests. Sarah Carter, Greg Jarrett, Tom Fitton. And also we'll check in with Rick Grinnell and Sebastian Gorka. How do we deal with Russia, North Korea, ISIS, and much more? more 10 Eastern. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.